Um, hey, my name's Keith Berger, and um, I've been working with RUF for 18 years now, which is just kind of fun. Um, how many of you are 18? All right. I've been working with this same group as long as you've been alive on this. Uh, I was the campus minister at LSU for about 10 years, and yes, I'm licking my wounds and hanging my head in shame still, so, um, so be kind to me as you talk to me afterwards. Uh, in the last four years, I moved to Fort Worth, and uh, I live down the hill, and I get to be a campus minister to campus ministers, which is uh, a pretty sweet gig. Um, and then there are hours like this when uh, I'm all leave here and go home and kiss my kids and go to bed and wake up at four and drive to Houston to go be with Ron and Laura as they do the surgery. Um, and when I talked to him the other night, um, this is kind of a short notice thing. Uh, I just said, hey, look, let me, how can I serve and what can I do? And he said, I'd love RUF to kind of happen and however you want to do it. <clears throat> and um, as I'm driving kind of back, I was in Stillwater this morning. Um, I drove back and kind of thought, okay, what should we do this evening? And I want to um, just look briefly for a couple minutes at a psalm that's been kind of bumping around in my head lately. It's Psalm 27, and I think it's printed on... Uh, your announcement sheet if you don't have a Bible. So I know this is not a normal RUF per se in this regard. Ryan's normally the one who um, opens the Bible. But if this is your first time to RUF, if you're relatively new to RUF, one of the things that I think we're going to propose to you your whole time you hang out in this world is this, that uh, in this antiquated thing, right, in this stuff that was written a long, long time ago, actually are the very words of life, and they answer all the questions that life has to offer. Now, that's a fairly large statement, I admit. Um, And if it answers and directs all of our thoughts about how we think of all of life, uh, then sometimes it bumps across the small contours of your life, and sometimes it bumps across fairly large contours of your life. And... um, So if this is your first time to RUF and we talk a little bit about what you ought to be afraid of and what you ought not to be afraid of this evening, and we talk a little bit about death, gosh, I'm not trying to be melodramatic, and that's not what you're going to get every time you walk in these doors, but, uh, but the Bible talks about all the aspects of who you are and what you are and why you are and what your end is and what your purpose is and what your future looks like. And for Ryan and Laura this evening, those are fairly decent questions. They're really on the table, right? Um, So, that being said, let me read. This is Psalm 27. Uh, It's printed there. And I just, you know, it's good pleasure. This This is the living Word of God. This is the thing that gives life to you. This is the thing that gives understanding. This is what we're proposing, gives understanding to all that you are and hope to be. So, it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. 
For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anchor. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. Because of my enemies, give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your hearts take courage. Wait for the Lord. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless His Word in our time. Father, be gracious to us. That's a pretty good question. And I pray that the answers that You give would be a good comfort Uh, to people in this room tonight and tomorrow and till the end of their days, as well as Ryan and Laura. And uh, we ask that you would bless this time. Be kind. Uh, We know you are kind. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Two, I I think, brief things. And this is a little rough because it's pretty short notice, but I think that's okay. I think the question that the psalmist asked, though it kind of sounds rhetorical at the beginning, is a pretty good one. What should you be afraid of? I mean, what should you fear? I think that's a fairly decent question. Now, if you're like me, right, um, come from privileged background, um, gosh, I'm, I'm... white, Anglo, upper middle class, and have been from the day I was born, right? Which is a fairly privileged class in our country in some ways, right? Uh, I went to a good high school. I went to Duke as an undergrad. Spent five years in the army. That's a little different. It's a good time. But, okay, David, who's the author of this song, what he's fearing is really people who are seeking to take his life, like war, People who are chasing him around mountainsides, attempting to kill him with spears and arrows. Okay, not so much my lot, and I don't know, probably not your lot. So it's fairly easy to look and go, somebody's trying to hunt me down with an axe. I get that being afraid. It's fairly reason to be afraid. But it is a fair question of like, what are you afraid of? Because I didn't grow up with that much to have to fear in some ways, right? In terms of, I didn't have that. Right? I didn't have that. Gosh, Ryan and Laura are sitting in a hotel room this evening. And if they do nothing, there's a 90 plus chance that both of their children are going to die. They do the surgery, there's a 90% chance that one of them will be fine and a 70% chance the other one might be fine. They're afraid. That's a fairly decent question. What are you afraid of? What should you be afraid of? Um, spiders? I don't know. I'm, 
deathly afraid of cockroaches, and I don't know why, right? I run around the house like a little four-year-old girl when a cockroach is around, and my wife's like, honey, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's that. Um, Embarrassment? Loneliness? You're afraid of being lonely? Have you been lonely your whole life and you know what that is? You don't want to be that for the rest of your life? Uh, Gosh, sitting with a pastor this morning in Stillwater who had a 22-year-old girl who was part of his congregation who left a year ago and moved to Oklahoma City and went to a bar with some friends and somebody slipped something in her drink. And she woke up six days after a coma, deaf in one ear, had been beaten and date raped. And other people found her under a bush and thought she was dead and called the life flight. Gosh, you think she's afraid of intimacy? You think she's going to be afraid of leaving her front door? You're afraid of failure? Have you seen, I don't know, your parents' marriage be an utter disaster and the last thing you want to do is get close to someone? I have no idea what you're afraid of. But it's a fairly decent question that the Bible asks. What should you fear? David is trying to say, and it's rhetorical, right? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The rhetorical answer to that is obviously nothing. That's what he's trying to say. But at least the Bible is willing to ask the question. And and he has people really chasing him around the side of mountains in the Middle East, trying to kill him. So death is on the table. And the rest of the psalm is this interesting thing. He goes back and back and back to this idea of, Lord, this is what I want. I want to be in your house. I want to be where you are. I want to be with you. I don't want to fear these things. I won't fear these things. And yet, it's this funny interchange between this confidence of I won't fear and then displaying for you reasons I should fear, which is a very interesting. He looks and says, my mother and my father have forsaken me. So I think there's this real good honesty in the Bible of at least being willing to ask you a good question. What are you afraid? What should you fear? Because David has faced a lot. And I do think it's timely. I just cry on Laura. He said it to me again and again. I've talked to him for probably an hour and a half the last few days. And he goes back and forth between... We're just scared. We don't want to lose a kid. And we're trusting in the Lord. We are. And the upshot comes down to this. And I really do want to be brief. The, The answer that David is pointing you to this evening, and me, and Ryan, and Laura, is this. Is that if the God of the living is with you. If the God of what He says, His salvation, which is a loaded term, 
is with you. If the Lord and this language is really good, is the stronghold of your life, what in the world should you fear? And his attempted answer to look at the paradigm of how you view all the things that make you afraid is that there actually is something that can dispel your fear. And the Christian answer, right, because the Old Testament is the precursor and the foreshadow and the announcement of the coming of Christ, is that Christ is the one who is going to give answer to this ultimate question that David is really asking. Because the backdrop of David's real question is, should I fear death? Because that's what he's facing. And it's a sweet phrase at the end. Because if you go all the way to the end, this is what David says, I believe I'll look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's funny, and um, a friend of mine who's a pastor in a church in this town that I go to, Sunday quoted my New Testament professor uh, from seminary, a guy who taught me Greek, sweet old man. He was a sweet old man when I was in seminary 15 years ago. Uh, He taught me a lot, not just about the Bible, but he was a pretty sweet example of what it is to trust God. And I think he's, I think Dr. Chamlin's probably in the last few months of his battle with uh, cancer, I think. um, It's funny, that's the letter he wrote. He quotes this psalm. That as he goes to his final breaths, as he goes to his final days, this is his hope. That I believe that I'll look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And this is why Jesus is what we're saying, gives credence to what David was speaking about way back then. Right? Because this is what is true. That the coming life and death and resurrection of Jesus is actually a guarantee that death is not the final word. Now look, if you're here this evening and you're really wondering whether or not Christianity is something that you ought to consider, I think it's a great question to consider. And this is the thing that before I was a Christian, I always thought. Christians are just scaredy cats. And so this is a crutch. It's a crutch for Christians. They just can't handle reality. Because the assumption was, right, that the only reason you would make up something like this is because you're afraid. Which is kind of crappy logic if you think about it. Because the opposite might just as well be plausible. And that is the reason you're afraid because you have something to fear. That seems to make a little more sense. And the hope of the psalmist and the hope of Christians, and I hope what is your hope, is this. That your hope is that you hope to be seen in the land of the living, having looked upon the goodness of the Lord. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the guarantee, right? The ostensible plausibility structure, the reality statement that makes the question of, should I really fear death, answerable. Why? Because the resurrection of Jesus is the thing that actually says to you and I that death is not the final word. 
that the resurrection of Jesus is actually something that gives us hope. So that what I long for is to be found in the land of the living with the God who is the God of the living and not the God of the dead, who is the God of hope and not the God of despair, who's the God of goodness and not the God of cynicism, who may be a crutch in moments of fear, but out of His kindness has come down and entered into your world and took on the body of flesh and life and breath that you and I have and laid that life down and then by the power of the God who is the only one who is able to answer this question well, what will you do with death? And that is, raised His Son up that there is real life to be found. That you may be found in the land of the living. I'm going to tell you, that is what your campus minister and his wife are hoping in this evening. It is. And that's what you ought to be hoping in. Okay, especially in the face of death. If it's true, right, if it really is true that Jesus is alive, then this becomes a question that we actually can face. It really is. My dad died when I was four. It's kind of plagued me for a fairly decent time. This is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm hoping for me. This is what I'm hoping for you. This is what I'm hoping for Ryan and Laura and their children. That even if little infants don't live past tomorrow. Who in the world will we fear? Because God is a God of promise. And there is hope that they will be found in the land of the living because the resurrection is true. And there is real life to be found. And for some of you, this is what's funny. For some of you, I think the reason why I want you to hear this this evening is because you're scared every time you walk out the door. You're scared of people. You're scared of your future and you're scared of your past. And there is a really good question from a really good God here. From one who has come into the suffering of life to change it and to transform it and to heal it. Who has suffered more than you and I will suffer not to demean our suffering, but to come as a voice of one who says, I know what it is to be where you are and I've come to heal this thing both now and later. And look, I think I'm a scaredy cat. If the God of the living, if Jesus is yours, if the salvation that God offers out of His kindness and mercy and free, full love is yours, 
Okay, what will you fear? And, and the way that you want to feel guilty is to go, I know that's true, and yet I still fear everything. And I kind of want to look at you and say, look, listen to the good word of hope. That is why Jesus has entered into your world. Because His work and word and purpose and love and promise to you is to walk alongside you and shape your heart over time so that over time, this becomes the answer that even if you whisper, becomes your answer. And if you haven't read Pilgrim's Progress, Don't Feel Guilty, it's a pretty fun book. Old, the language is hard. But there's this great scene, okay? And it's the end. And, you know, it's this allegory. The end of this book is these two folks are crossing the River Jordan. We're about to sing about this, the biblical metaphor for crossing from this life into the next. And Christian, the main character, is crossing, and he's full of hope because he sees the other side. And his friend is crossing downstream at the same time. And his friend, Doubter or something, or I can't remember his name, is crossing kind of into death, and he's full of fear, and he doesn't know, and he can barely see. And he's looking across the way, and he's saying, you know, are we going to get there? And your hope and my hope is not based on the strength of whether or not you're afraid or not. Your hope and my hope is based surely on this, that Jesus lives. And that because He lives, you will live. And so if the child tomorrow dies, we have hope that though they die because of Jesus who has gone before us and stands on the other side living, we will live. I don't know if I'm going to die well. I'm scared to death of it, to be honest with you. I'm a minister and I'm scared of it. I'm not putting my hope in whether or not I'm afraid or not afraid. I'm putting my hope in the one who has said, there's a reason not to fear. I want you to put your hope in the one who gives you full, free, sure reason not to be afraid. And I'm going to tell you, that will help you go forward in the midst of all your fears and face life. And face death. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who am I going to be afraid of? Right? I think that can be your call and plea, even if you're afraid of all kinds of things. Um, gosh, I hope to see you in the land of the living next to the God who is really good. That is the goodness that Jesus provides. Let me pray for us. Father, it's um, it's a pretty simple question. But boy, it's got a lot of things stacked against um, our experience. And here's what we're hoping, Jesus, that out of your kindness, you will draw near to us who fear.
and you will calm our fears. And that you will draw near to those of us who think there's nothing we ought to fear and you will show us the right things to be afraid of. And then you'll comfort us with where we should really find our hope. Lord, this is the cry of Ryan and Laura tonight. This is the cry of your people all across the world. There are lots of things, God, that we see that we would fear. And yet we hope that you will draw near to us and you will make your love and your salvation true and palpable. And you'll convince us in the midst of our fear that we will be able to say, even if in a whisper now, of whom shall we be afraid? Nothing if you were with us. Be gracious, O kind sir, both in our living and in our dying, that we might not fear, because we know you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand with us, guys, if you would. Um, yeah. it's, um, it's such a comfort, um, what Keith just talked about. Um, and this last song um, on Jordan Stormy Banks, um, it's just, it's so true that as we stand amidst 